Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? I remember back at one of the most recent funerals that I did, the weightiness and the seriousness, but also the peacefulness that we experienced together as we lowered the casket and the body of the beloved one into the ground and then began to shovel dirt for the final sealing of this one in the casket, their body at least, under the dirt. Such a sobering moment, but thankfully it was in a context where we were mostly, if not all, fully in faith about the day at Jesus' descending where graves would open up and people would be raised from the dead, just like had happened 2,000 years ago. Our last reading was about Jesus dying, and when he raised, different ones being raised with him and appearing after his resurrection— But here today, we're at this moment of burial before the resurrection and the good news. Here was the difficult moment Jesus put in the earth that he created behind a rock that he created, beginning not to fully decay, but beginning to smell through the decomposition process that he partially created or that he oversaw. And there he was, having humbled himself even to the point of death. There his body lay. Verse 57, let's hear that story. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed it in his own new tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled the big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. There they were, those women that had wanted to care for Jesus' every need. Though Jesus at that time had no needs that they could minister to, their deep love for him and his body And their longing to be with him again caused them to be there watching and waiting and seeing this thing play out. Joseph the rich man is a beautiful embodiment of how God continually cares for himself and others through his sovereign work through the hands of many. This man had become a disciple of Jesus. We know so little about him. But he was rich. For some rich people, Jesus said, sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and follow me, like we know the rich young ruler. For other ones that become disciples, there's no call to disattach from the finances. In fact, it was these very finances that allowed this man to be positioned to have influence with Pilate and to have a capability to cut out such a glorious tomb out of stone a much more expensive way to do it, and a generosity to give it, his own tomb, the one prepared for his body, for Jesus. Just think for a moment 
about the joy after Jesus was resurrected, this guy getting to think out loud to himself or talk to his wife and say, wow, when I die, honey, the tomb that you guys will put me in is the same tomb that the resurrection and the life came forth from. I'm so, so honored. May you continue to give everything that you have to Jesus, your time, money, and resources. He really wants to bless you with an opportunity for you to get to play incredible parts of his story. That's what the Gospel of Matthew is, the story of Jesus, but the documentation and the sharing of many, many other people who gave themselves to bless Jesus And Jesus' response is to give them honor and credit for what they have done. May you find your role in his story, and may you play it fully by wholehearted surrender. So there is Jesus, wrapped in a clean linen cloth, placed in this new tomb with a big stone in front of the entrance. Verse 62, the next day, The one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. It's a very interesting text, and it really shows the depth of deception and hardness of heart in the religious leaders. They had seen and experienced an eclipse, an earthquake, the ground shaking, their beloved temple, the holy of holy, the curtain separation being torn at the moment of his death. And wow, they were not willing to consider all these signs and to simply repent and to be prepared to receive Jesus' resurrection. Now, at the same time, their incredible resistance will actually become a greater weight of evidence for the resurrection. Now, if Jesus was buried in a hole in the ground with some dirt like a poor person, it wouldn't be nearly as difficult to write off if his body was taken by somebody. But here's Jesus in a tomb of a rich, notable man that had trust and influence, not only with Israel, but the Roman government. Two, he's in a stone tomb that people can't get into. And he's with a large stone that can't just be rolled away with one or two people. There is an effort and an intentionality needed to get him out. And not only that, the Roman government was charged or released rather the religious leaders to guard it as best as they knew how. Talk about a layer of defense and a a layer of resistance. Now as Jesus busts through all of that and testifies to all that he is the resurrection and the life, it just demonstrates, no, it is true and so true. We saw all the ways they tried to keep this back. This was not a ploy by the disciples. God is very, very, very set on wanting to prove himself. 
at times he wants to not just keep giving us signs and signs and signs because it's a matter of our heart. There is a point where you need to just choose to believe. Now, at the same time, our God is so merciful. He did not want a single person in Israel, nor a single Gentile, to be able to comfortably stay in the deception of, no, that man never rose from the dead. Just the disciples came and got him. He allowed people's sin and depravity and pride to play out in such a way so that there would be no argument against that, that no one could comfortably stay in that down plane of Jesus's resurrection. This important moment, this most important moment is celebrated throughout all the church for the last 2,000 years, that Resurrection Sunday where Jesus is about to bust out of the tomb. Before we get to that in the next podcast episodes, I want to highlight the prayer prompt for today. Jesus, how can I best care for you in your current sufferings? I encourage you to take that to him today, that just as the women wanted to be so present to him, and just as Joseph cared for his body in such an incredibly intimate way, cleaning the very skin that was bloody and marred, the naked body of Christ he served. So today, though Jesus is seated in the heavenly places, when Paul was persecuting the church, the cry of Jesus' heart was this, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Beloved, may you recognize that Jesus is so engaged with his church with his body, that it's as if he himself is indeed suffering. Let's join with Joseph. Let's join with the women that surrounded this suffering and crucifixion and burial. And let's minister to Jesus in a way that so blesses his beautiful heart. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus. 